Well, good morning. What a privilege. What a privilege to stand before you and be able to preach from the Word of God. I want you to listen closely, friends. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of the living God, the one who made every star in the universe, the one who has ordained all things and brought all things together. This is God's Word this morning that we're going to listen to. And I just want to encourage you to be reminded that not only does it come from God, but it's an authority in our lives, not just a suggestion book, but an authority. So as we listen this morning, listen closely. These are God's words for you today. From the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 6 through 13. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thank you so much, God, for your precious word. And pour out your spirit now as we dig into it. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the A and the Z, the beginning and the end. All the fullness of the Father dwells in Him. There is no other name in all of heaven and on earth upon which we can be saved. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess on heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. Wow. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Kristen and I wanted our first word that we preached to you ever at Bemis Point, United Methodist Church, to be Jesus. And our first phrase, the first phrase to be Jesus is Lord. 
The first idea to set before you is the glory of Jesus Christ. The first name to be honored, the name of Jesus. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, cat's out of the bag. We're into this Jesus stuff. I, uh, I think of the words of uh, the great pre- preacher, Nicky Gumbel, who reminds us that Jesus must have been such a wonderful person to hang out with. Can you imagine going to a party with Jesus? Hey, if the wine runs out, <laughs> he'll take care of it, you know? Can you imagine going on a picnic with Jesus? No need to bring sandwiches. Five loaves and two fish. Can you imagine going to a hospital with Jesus? Wow. He healed the sick, cast out demons. Can you imagine going to a funeral with Jesus? He went to a funeral once and he said, Roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And when he did, he said, Take the grave clothes off him and set him free. Wow. What a wonderful Amazing time it must have been to walk with Jesus. Yes, Jesus. He's the focus. Well, it's been a great week uh, in the Allen household. I almost feel like I ought to say it's been a great week here in Lake Wobegon. (laughs) Kind of feels like Bemis Point is that. It's just idyllic, wonderful place. We've been enjoying the incredibly beautiful parsonage that you folks have provided. We're so thankful. What a privilege to live in such a beautiful place. And we are packing and unpacking. You know, there's always something you uh, can't find when you move. Yeah. The first thing were the cell phone chargers, and that's not good. Pretty soon we were saying, don't call me, don't call me. I don't have any time left on this cell phone. You want to know what it is right now? Extra checks. We need to find the extra checks. That's important. We moved uh, several years ago, and um, Pastor Kristen got after me for uh, labeling several boxes with what I thought was an ingenious label, miscellaneous items. I thought that was clear. You know, and, and when I put that on about 15 or 20 boxes, she... Didn't really appreciate that after. What is in this box? Well, I have this great story about this particular move. We were uh, told that we didn't have to pack our lamps. So when the movers came, all our lamps were sitting on a table, and they said, "Um, are you going to bring those lamps? We said, yeah. We're told that you're going to pack them. Oh, we're we're not going to pack them. You're going to pack them. Oh, boy, miscommunication. That's never happened before, right? So they said, well, we'll give you some boxes. So lamps got packed up, and Kristen was packing up this one big box. And when she got it all completely full, she closed the cover, and right on the box it was labeled, Booze! I mean, it was this huge, huge box. Booze! And Kristen's like, oh, this will look good, great, you know, going into the parsonage. But the even better, 
was right underneath it. It said, booze and miscellaneous items. <laughs> yeah, packing and unpacking, it's, uh, it's interesting. We want you to know that, uh, that this past Monday, when Kristen and I walked into this facility for the very first time, we were greeted by Suzanne, kindly. We spent a few minutes talking with folks and then immediately went and we prayed. We prayed in every single room of this building. All across the entire complex. Walked all the way around praying, praying. We went and touched every pew that is here and in the other sanctuary and prayed for you who are sitting in those pews. We wanted you to know that everything is bathed in prayer. I look out, folks, and I, I see a sea of faces. I see a couple faces down here who've known me for full 16 years of ministry and are here to support me today. I know some of your faces. I don't know many of your faces. But I know that each face carries a story. And that each story is one that both Kristen and I are looking forward to hearing. Even as we share our stories with you, and we know that in time, starting now, our stories, by the grace of God, have been brought together to mingle together, to create a new story together. Isn't God good? Each person here is precious in the sight of the Lord. Each person here is loved is honored, is special. Well, we're here before you today, your new pastors, two bosses instead of one for Mike Quimby. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> and how can we ever follow in the footsteps of Dan McBride? Those are footprints that we could never, we could never touch. He's the spiritual parent to probably most of you. We honor him. We're proud to have been honored to, to follow him. When we were here on May 5th, I was sitting here and there was a guy sitting right over here. I don't even know who it is. You can point yourself out sometime later. I'm the guy. And he kept on looking at my feet through the entire service. He'd like glance over and look at my feet. And afterwards I said, I saw you looking at my feet. He goes, well, you got big shoes to fill, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me of this uh, joke I, I know about a Texas billionaire. He, he had this huge fortune, this amazing ranch, and, and a beautiful daughter. And he wanted her to find the right guy, and he wanted to do the right thing with his future. And so he devised this plan. He thought he'd, he thought he'd invite people out to the ranch, invite all these young men out every every weekend, and the deal was if they could swim across his pool, they could have either the deed to the ranch or half of the fortune or the opportunity to court his daughter without him coming after them with a shotgun. Well, that sounded like a good deal until they found out there was a shark in the pool. And so week after week, nobody took him up on the offer until one week he heard a splash and as he came around the corner, he saw a young man exiting the pool on the opposite side. He had just pulled off the, the feet that everybody else had, had missed out on. And the man ran up to him and he said, 
Wow, congratulations. Uh, what do you want? Do you want the half the fortune? No, I, I don't want that. Do you want the deed to the ranch? No, I, I don't want that. Do, do you want to court my daughter without me coming after you with a shotgun? He said, no, I, I don't even want that. And the guy said, well, what do you want? He goes, I want to know the name of the guy that pushed me in the pool. Friends, we know the name of the one who pushed us in this pool. Kristen and I are here because God pushed us in the pool. What a joyful thing. I'm not saying you're all sharks, okay? (laughs) But it's a joyful thing to be here. We can't walk in the footprints of Dan McBride. But by the grace of God, we don't have to. We don't have to. Because God has called us here to make footprints of our own. Footprints along with you to move forward into the future together with you as we make an impact for Christ in this region in the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's our future. That is what God has called us to do. We believe God has called us here to love, to learn, to listen, to lead, and yes, to serve And yes, there are two of us. And one of us is even a man. That was a joke. And so this brings us to our passage from Mark chapter 6. Jesus has been traveling from village to village, and he calls his disciples together, and he says he sends them out two by two. When Kristen and I were in theological school, we started to sense the call of God on our lives, to go together, to minister together. We loved working together. We loved sharing ideas, kicking things around together. We, we thought of that verse from Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And we thought, yes, this is powerful in our lives. But we wondered, how could this work? And we thought back to a clergy couple that we had seen at Houghton Wesleyan Church when we were in college together at Houghton. Steve and Ruth Strand, some of you may know them. They're the pastors over at Peace Wesleyan Church in Falconer right now. Beautiful, spirit-filled people. They were an example to us. And we started to think of the Bible. We thought about Priscilla and Aquila. We thought, wow, this has been done before. Maybe we're not the first ones. And God is good. He put that dream in our hearts to go into ministry two by two. We follow the Lord. It's been such a blessing in doing so. In his commentary on this book, David McKenna, who was the former president, by the way, of Asbury Theological Seminary, where Dan McBride and we also were privileged to attend, he writes that Jesus sent the disciples out two by two for two main reasons. One, just good old moral support. Because when the going gets tough, it's great to have somebody else there to hold you up. And say, no, you're not crazy. This is good. And the second is a check and a balance. Because, you know, if anything ever goes right, you know what we're like. Hey, man, everything's going right. And there's nothing like having Kristen walk up to me and say, yeah, don't get a big head. It's all about Jesus. You're right. Check and balance. That's been true for us. J.C. Ryle notes that there's hardly a single case in the entire book of Acts where we see Paul or any other apostle out there working entirely on their own. Two people, he says, can help each other with judgment and wisdom 
can spur each other on, can comfort each other, can challenge each other. And I'm, I'm just saying these things because it's been so true in our own lives what a blessing it's been to serve together. And that's, we come here not randomly, but we come here by the grace of God called to be pastors together and to you. Each of us, of course, has our own call to ministry. You'll hear about these in the coming weeks. It started to occur to me one day when I was hiking on the Appalachian Trail and I stopped and started talking to a guy who was a Buddhist and we spent eight hours talking about Christianity and Buddhism. And I was like, this is great! And I thought to myself, what does God want me to do with my life? I remember later at Alfred University talking late into the night. I was a resident director there talking late into the night with students about all sorts of things, and often it came around to Jesus. And I found myself explaining things in normal speak. You know, normal people like you. I just want you to know pastors are not normal people. You're the normal people, okay? And taking all this stuff that we had learned and just talking about it in a normal way. And as I was doing that, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'm kind of slow, but... Maybe this is what pastors do. They study this stuff and they feel the call of God and then they explain things in normal speak to normal people. That was part of my call. Well, packing and unpacking is our theme today. And I just want to unpack the scripture a little bit today. Just like you would arrive at a hotel and you'd open up your suitcase on the bed and you'd just take a few things out. We're just going to look at the scripture and take a few things out. This morning. It's interesting, isn't it, what Jesus told his disciples to pack? These are his words Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but don't bring an extra shirt. One set of clothes, boys. Oh, and bring your staff. Just a staff. I wonder if that's like Aaron's staff. You know the one that he threw on the ground, it became a snake? Then he picked it back up again, became a staff again? Or later, that dead piece of wood budded to show that Aaron and his descendants should be the priestly line. I wonder if it's a staff like Moses' staff, the one that he placed in the Nile and it turned to blood. The one that, through the power of God, brought the plagues upon the Egyptians, the one that parted the Red Sea, the one that he held over his head when Israel was in battle, and as long as it was over his head, they were winning, the one that struck the rock and the water poured forth. Just bring a staff. Just bring your staff. Take nothing but your staff. Jesus isn't limiting these guys. He's saying to them, like a soldier, take nothing except your bazooka. Don't take anything except your fully armed tank or your Apache attack helicopter. That's what he's saying. Bring your staff. Because when they heard those words, the staff, they were thinking about those ancient peoples and the rod of God, the staff of God was that which through which the power of God flowed, just like Moses and Aaron and Elijah and Elisha and so many others. The power comes from God. It's not about the stick, folks. 
It's about what it represents. It represents the power of God. And I want you to know that Kristen and I, we come with our staffs. Yeah, we've done our homework. We've got degrees. We worked hard. We studied. We trained. We've got years of experience, all that stuff. But friends, all that can go away. We come in the power of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I love. This isn't just about us. It's about you, too. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You, you have a staff as well. And God will call you to use it in some way. Well, Jesus goes on. He says, and whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. God has called us to a new house. We must point United Methodist Church. When you get to town, Jesus says, unpack your stuff and stay in one place. Don't go rambling around saying, hmm, I wonder who's got the best deal in town. Move into the neighborhood, stick around, put down roots, go where you've been led, and be faithful to that place. And God has led us here to Bemis Point United Methodist Church, and we are privileged to be here. And we are faithful. We will be here fully. We can say to you in complete openness, we love you. We love you because it's not about a feeling. It's about a commitment. It's about a matter of the the will, a joyful matter of the will. We love you. As soon as we found out that we were coming here, we began to pray for you because we love you. There's nothing you can do to us that will cause us to not love you. (laughs) I'm kind of hoping you don't really try a lot of things. But you can't make us not love you. You're stuck with our love. Sorry. What a joy. We love you. And we will do everything we possibly can to do what is good for you and to do what is good for Bemis Point United Methodist Church. Yeah, I'm sure that we will make mistakes. I'm sure that when we come, we will step on some landmines and some things won't go right. But For those, we we ask for your grace. Have grace towards us. Because our hearts want what's good. We want what's good for you and what's good for this church. And friends, it can be true for you as well. God placed you here. Bloom where you're planted. This is your home. Do great things here for the kingdom of God. Finally, Jesus said, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Do you hear what he's saying there? He's saying that they preached the gospel, but then they also went and did gospel stuff. Isn't that cool? They talked about it, And then they went and did it. Tell and do. Just like what Jesus did. He would preach the Sermon on the Mount. And then he would go out and heal people. And give people hope and encouragement. They didn't just talk about the gospel. They did it. And friends, we are here, first of all, 
to talk about the gospel. Paul says in Romans 1, and we say it as well, we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. We are not ashamed to tell you that we and you are sinners, that we and you are all broken and all in need of Jesus Christ and his salvation. We're not scared to say to you that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Trinity is true, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that Jesus sacrificed his place in heaven and came down to earth and lived a life like we lived and died on a cross. And when he died there, that his blood took away our sins, took away my sins, took away your sins, that his blood works for all people who would receive it. And that he rose again on the third day and that he is alive in heaven now, seated at the right hand of God the Father, and that he has given us the Holy Spirit, that each one of us might have the Spirit of God living in us. Wow. That's the gospel. That is awesome news. Awesome news that you can go through your life with hope and with joy, with full forgiveness, with salvation. Yes, eternal life is promised but also soundness and wholeness in this life. A man named Everett Harrison wrote, wrote this, it's the restoration of all that sin has marred and destroyed. Doesn't that sound like what you want in your life? Wow. All that junk restored. Relationships, mistakes, intentional things that you've done. And no, none of us has fully arrived, and that's the good news. We're all in this together. God is doing his sanctifying work in us right now. He's helping us become more like Jesus each step of the way. And it's not just talking about it, friends. It's doing it, too. I remember when I was in elementary school in art class, I had Mrs. Vaklovic. She was awesome. Mrs. Vaklovic was my art teacher. And I remember one day that she had this Play-Doh, this, this clay, this, this really cool-looking stuff. And it was colorful, and it was kind of wet, and it was moldable, and it was interesting. And she had it right in front of us, and there we were all looking at it. And she was saying, okay, class, well, today we're going to be working with the clay. And she started to explain it, and this is what you can do, and this is what you can't do, like stick it in your friend's ear and things like that. And the instructions went on and on and on. And I remember sitting there thinking, I just want to touch the clay. I just want to be in on it. Let me do it. Let me do it. And eventually she did. She let us all do it. It was fun. Friends, that's what it is. We don't just talk about the gospel. We get to do it as well. We get to pray for each other. We get to hold each other up. This is... One of the things Kristen and I want to say, we're not just here to talk on Sunday morning about the gospel. We're here to say if you want prayer after the service, come down. We want to pray for you. If you haven't met Christ yet and you're sitting here for the first time saying, what is this all about? We'd love to talk to you about that. And not just us, but each other. We're all called to do the gospel as well as talk about it. What a privilege and what a joy. Well, it's been a great week here at Bemis Point. Packing and unpacking boxes. 
Jesus sent us packing two by two. And we've packed our staffs just like you can. And we've unpacked in a single place here, Bemis Point. We're committed to stay here, to love you, to do what's best. And we've unpacked the gospel and we will do it every week. Both saying it and doing it as well. We're offering communion this morning. We're not just talking about the gospel, we're offering a meal, Jesus' meal. It's the call of God on our lives. We've unpacked and we're here to follow the call with you. We're so grateful. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your gospel, for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We're grateful that we get to say his name and act in his name. We're grateful that each one of us is called here in a special way. We're grateful for the work you do in our lives. Lord, perhaps you're calling somebody right now. Somebody's heart is sensing maybe a special call to to do a task for you, to maybe enter the ministry become a missionary, or just talk to that friend at work who needs some hope in their lives. Thank you, God. Just pray that you will help us all to follow your call. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.